Rush into Old Navy today for up to 50% off store-wide. Get dresses from $15 for women, $12 for girls, plus up to 75% off clearance for the whole family right now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1016 to 1020, select styles only. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Sean Hyken of The Athletic. With me, as always, Cody Westerland of 670 The Score. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Audioboom, TuneIn, Google Play, Anywhere else you can find podcasts, make sure you subscribe, leave us a five-star review, tell your friends to subscribe, and check out the other podcasts in the Locked On Podcast Network as well. If your company is interested in advertising to men between the ages of 18 and 54, then your company should be advertising right here on our show. Our audience is 95% men, and 78% of our audience is between the ages of 18 and 44. Recent surveys have shown that podcast listeners are 65% more willing to consider purchasing products they learned about from podcasts and given equal price and quality, prefer to purchase from companies that they advertise in their favorite podcasts. Our rates are very reasonable, so email us at LockedOnBulls at Gmail if you have any inquiries. And also follow us on Twitter at LockedOnBulls. Like us on Facebook at LockedOnBulls. Cody, they're back at 500. The Bulls are back, as you said, to 523 and 23 after a 100 to 92 win on the road in Orlando against the hapless Magic. Is that a fair word? The Magic might be the only team whose roster is more of a mess than the Bulls. Yeah. They started Jeff Green at shooting guard tonight. That was confusing. <laughs> None of their pieces really seemed to make sense or fit. Aaron Gordon should probably be playing power forward for them, but plays small forward and he can't shoot. He played either. a little bit of shooting guard tonight. They started a four big they started Alfred Payton along with Jeff Green, uh <laughs> Aaron Gordon, Vucevic, and uh Ibaka. Yes, and I think this might symbolize the night. Alfred Payton got to the rim nearly at will on the Bulls, and he shot 5 of 16. You'd think if you were shooting 16 shots, a fair share of them close to the rim. I know the Bulls have a couple rim protectors there. Chris Felicio off the bench has done a pretty good job of kind of hassling people around the rim, and Lopez can block shots. But at the same time, Alfred Payton was missing a lot of layups, a lot of bunnies, and the Magic, they kind of have that Bulls problem. They can't shoot the ball. And this game was ugly early. Uh, the Bulls didn't play well. I know they were down at least 7-2 to two or something there early and had like two points in the first four or five minutes. And the Magic were up by as many as eight early. But, you know, the Bulls are better than the Magic because they have Jimmy Butler and they have Dwayne Wade. And Dwayne Wade started, I believe, 0 of 6 from the field. Caught some fire late in the first half with a couple good jumpers. Had a quality third quarter. Finished with 21 points, 7 rebounds, 7 steals. D-Wade was all about gambling in this game, too, defensively. And also sometimes not running back on defense after he gambled or missed shots early on. But it did help that he had seven steals and kind of a hit or miss there, I think. Right, and then, you know, the other thing to really point out about this game, and this is kind of the big story, is that Jaron Grant started uh, at point guard. 24 days. Do you know what that is? The last time he started, is that? No, that's how long Michael Carter-Williams' tenure, his reign as starting Bulls point guard lasted. Remember, he took over on New Year's Eve, correct? Yeah. And January 24th is when Jaron Grant took over for the Bulls, submitted a line of seven points, zero assists, three turnovers, one of four shooting from the field. All of those were three-point attempts in 20 minutes. Uh, got burnt a lot by Alfred Payton. Maybe, maybe that was the strategy. Let him blow by and then blow blow layups at the rim. Get the offense moving. I don't think it was, but we can't rule out anything with the Bulls this year. But Jaron Grant was bad. 
and his bad performance has earned him a start on Wednesday night against the Atlanta Hawks. Coach Fred Hoiberg did confirm to reporters after the game in Orlando. The last part, 100% serious. Uh, I don't think I'm serious on the let him blow by and go to the rim, but it seemed that way at times for Jaron Grant as well. Not a great uh, performance here in, I think, his sixth start of the year. And first one, I think, the kind of couple... as the starting point guard instead of injury. Report. Right, that's that's what the last few ones were when Rondo was either suspended or injured. Those are the other times that he started. So this is the first time he's really just been given the starting job, and he's going to be uh, starting again tomorrow, as, as what Fred Hoiberg said. Uh, Michael Carter-Williams, after starting uh, every game since he got... Uh, since he he replaced Rondo, DNP tonight. And Rajon Rondo, after the game... uh, Second string point guard, Rajon Rondo. Yeah, he came off the bench again. Uh, He asked, this is from Casey Johnson of the Tribune, uh, he was asked if he thinks he's going to start it again at some point, and he said, ha, good one. And Love then, it. And Love then, it. And then, Love it. okay, this is, and this, and this also, this next one also ties in. This is uh, from our friend Nick Friedel from uh, ESPN. Rondo acknowledged that night to night the point guards aren't sure who is playing. They're just taking it day by day. Yeah, so we need to set this up and frame it a little bit. So okay. morning shootout, even though Sean and I are in uh, Chicago, we followed this a little bit, obviously. Good friends with everyone on the beat there. And Fred Hoiberg didn't speak at Shoot Around because he didn't really have anything to say, I don't think. Right. But then Rondo apparently tipped off Casey in an interview, it seemed like, that he didn't expect to play tonight and that Jaron Grant was starting. Jaron Grant was questioned about starting and goes, yeah, you know, I'm ready for it. That's what I expect to do tonight. It's an opportunity I have to make the most of. But... Rondo made it seem like he wasn't going to play at all because he, according to Casey, Rondo was under the impression he was not going to play on Tuesday night against the Magic. Then pre-game interviews come along. Hoiberg confirms that Jared Grant Grant's is starting. Start. Says he wouldn't say who's going to be the back. Yeah, he player. wouldn't say. But then Michael Carter Williams revealed. Correct? Am I following this? Yeah, time yeah, line? yeah. Michael Carter Re- Williams revealed to reporters that coach had told him. Rondo was the second string point guard and that he shouldn't expect to play. And Michael Carter-Williams also said that he didn't see this coming. He doesn't know why he got benched, and he also doesn't know what he's going to have to do to get back in the rotation. Uh, Shoot better. He was one of six in each of the last two games, or I think two of 12, I think, combined in the last two, whatever it was. And Although he did have like a five for eight game recently, but in general, Michael Carter-Williams still is bad at shooting. So if he doesn't know what to do, that's some free advice, obviously. Um, A guy that had... He worked, I think, early on in that that starting point guard role. Worked in the sense of, I guess, providing them a little bit more of an energy boost. A different look was helpful. But what happened recently, Sean, and I think this is a big change too, and I think anyone can point out that he doesn't shoot well and that he needs to do that and be a little more consistent if he wants to be in the lineup or take better shots maybe, whatever the case is. But he got torched by Dennis Schroeder the other night against the Hawks last week. And he's had some trouble guarding really small point guards, I think. The quicker variety, you know. Mm -hmm. Michael Carter-Williams is a good defender, but he's lengthy, and usually uh, his defensive prowess comes in the form of staying in passing lanes and those long arms affecting shots and stuff. But some little guys can still get around him. So, I mean, do you feel like that might have played into it a little bit? I think so. I mean, Hoiberg always says this stuff is matchup-based, even though sometimes uh, he'll play yeah. guys if it's not a great matchup. But yeah, I think just the way that uh, MCW got lit up by Schroeder the other night against the Hawks probably plays at least and, something and into Peyton's it. Peyton's a guy that kind of scoots around there quickly on the court as well as one of his uh, best attributes, I think. But Sean, 
Uh, we got to talk about, I mean, just Hoiberg's All lack of, of communication. I, so I wrote bad. about this again a few weeks ago at 670thescore.com, and I feel like maybe I should go back into that story, click edit, and just like Update. start adding graphs at the end and make it a running story, a season-long one. Maybe, you know, or just write a new one but rip a couple paragraphs and quotes from the old one. Because say what you want. It's it's one thing, and I did put this in that previous story I wrote, I think, a week or two ago um, at 680 Score. But Hoiberg, it was one thing for Rondo to maybe control the narrative and project, yeah, I'm not quite ever sure what's going on when Hoiberg had tipped him off a little bit as to what was going on. But now you have Rondo and Michael Carter-Williams and Jaron Grant. I mean, usually it's kind of like, I just get ready, whatever. I don't know what's and going Taj on. And Taj Gibson said that he that he didn't know what was going on with the Rondo stuff when that was going on. Yeah, so, but now, I mean, this is just another layer in, I mean, these guys are not waking up in the morning knowing what their role's going to be that night often. And that's a problem. Listen, in baseball, I know baseball is 162 games and you, an off day in baseball is viewed differently than an off day right. in the NBA. But Joe Mann will like, tell Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant like 24 or 48 hours before an off day is coming for him or what their role is going to be, pinch hitter or something. He will tell them this is what's happening. You know what I mean? In the interest of communication and being up front. Like, guys like that for the most part. And again, I, I don't want to pile on here because I don't, I understand how hard of a dilemma Hoiberg has been in at times with inconsistent play from youngsters, and kind of I think your gut instinct, your reaction is to, you know, Denzel had a bad game, like want to give Jaron Grant more minutes next game, or they sure. both they both kind of kind of weren't great. I want to give Paul Zipser more. Like I understand young guys are going to get thrown in and out of the lineup at times because different matchups, you want to put them in the best position to succeed. But at this point, it's gone beyond that, I think. And something has to change or be a little more clear. Right, and I just I went back and found the press release that the Bulls sent out when they first hired Fred Hoiberg in June of 2015. Great communicator. And that's, yeah, great communicator is one of the points that... Uh, that Gar Foreman said as why they like Fred. They, the three that they gave, they said were winning coach, natural leader, great communicator. And, I mean, this is not the first time that we've had issues with Hoiberg maybe not effectively communicating. You go, you, you go back to last training camp when he tells Zach Lowe that it was Joakim Noah's idea to come off the bench, and then Joakim Noah said that that wasn't actually his idea. And then you've got the way he's kind of handled the Rondo thing, and now MCW doesn't know why he's benched and Jaron Grant didn't, said he was surprised that he was going to start and Paul Zipser was surprised that he was going to start when he started a couple weeks ago. Why? Wait, this is just a simple question, but why is this so hard? I don't know. It shouldn't be. Like, you can tell them before shoot-around starts and turn around and tell the media after shoot-around's over. Boom. No one's surprised. This game isn't playing out through the media, who, who the, as the Bulls turn at point guard situation goes. Whatever it is, like, I don't understand why this is hard. And you get paid $5 million annually. I mean, like, this is, this is what you get paid to do. You make hard decisions. People are going to think they're not always going to like you as a coach. You know what I mean? But um, I do think at this point they need to figure out some sort of rotation and just delineate the roles a little better so people know what's going on. And look, if you do see a matchup coming up, like, oh, God, can't possibly throw Jaron Grant out there to guard Russell Westbrook for, like, 
28 minutes in a game. You know what I mean? Be like, hey, Jaron, that's a Michael Carter-Williams assignment. He's going to start on this night against Russell Westbrook or take the lion's share of minutes defensively. I think that maybe uh, would be an idea, Sean. I don't know what you think about that, though. Uh, from Nick Friedel, Rondo says he wasn't told about the latest point guard shuffle and noticed and noted that he hasn't gotten too much feedback from Hoiberg and staff. It just doesn't have. It just keeps happening. This all just keeps coming. And of course, we're we're recording here about what half hour, forty minutes. It's nine o'clock. After we watched this uh, game on TV, and like you never know what's gonna roll in here, where we still have Twitter pulled up. And uh, all the fun that, that comes with the post-game Rajon Ron, Rondo interviews right now. And, I mean, he's completely in I give zero Fs mode right now. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, he's been a professional about all of this. And he's handled this as well as he could have. And they're just kind of not working with him at all. <laughs> ha, good one. <laughs> you think you'll start again. No, absolutely. That is just classic. But... He, know, he, he, he knows what's up. I, I mean, this, this just points to... The theory that he is not going to be on the Bulls roster uh, shortly after the trade deadline. If he doesn't get moved, he's going to get bought out. And, I mean, you saw LeBron rant for, like, 20 minutes last night to reporters about why the uh, the Cavs need a playmaker. So, I mean, there's there, there could be an option for them. Are you serious? I mean, who are their other options? He's going to get bought out. I mean, I guess... You a, bu- a buyout, not a trade. No, 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 not no, a no, trade. no, 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 no. He gets. We're bought. not talking about a trade. No, of course okay. not. No, nobody's nobody's trading for Rondo. No, okay. that's ridiculous. No, uh, he's gonna Cash get. Buy? Okay, yeah. Rondo could... gets bought out, and LeBron's like, oh, well, he, you know, he's a veteran. He's got Finals experience. Pro-rated uh, veterans minimum. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, I don't want to like run out K Felder out there. Like, there's, there's no, uh, there's no penalty for the Bulls hanging on to him from February. 28th to February, or excuse me, February 28th to like March 2nd and let that March 1st playoff eligibility date roll over. Like if they don't want to see Rondo in the playoffs, they can just do that move on March 2nd if they want. They could, but then, I mean, it's more the kind of thing where like that would just create, you know, bad, good, not, it would be not a gesture of goodwill to his agent who they're going to have to deal with in the future. That's kind of, they they like to work with teams, especially because Rondo has been, a professional throughout all this and handled it well. If they want to maybe do right by him, if he's tape, he's handled this whole benching and having his role reduced well. Like if he wants to go somewhere else and sign with a playoff team, that's just kind of the decent thing to do is to work with him and get the buyout situation figured out before. I mean, so, I mean, it's not unprecedented that that yeah. happened with the Bobcats and uh, Ben Gordon a few years ago. Why when, were they mad at Ben? But, I don't know. He just well, he wasn't good, and he was apparently he was kind of a problem. It may, in the it may, locker room, and so they just they purposely waited to buy him out until after March first, so that he couldn't sign with a playoff team. That yeah, year. it makes sense for like the Heat. I, we've referenced this before in that context with the recent Chris Bosh rumors, like because they're trying to get they're too. trying to get his money off their well, books. No, they could do that today if they wanted. Well, no, but, I mean, he's just a good enough player to affect them. Well, no, but the thing with Bosh is or not today, but after February 9th, Excuse me. Well, no, but the thing with Bosh is excuse that. Uh, if is that if you know if they buy him out when he's still eligible to sign with a playoff team, another team could say, "Oh, well, we're going to sign him, and then he can play for us in the playoffs." Whereas if they waited until after he couldn't sign with the playoff team anymore, then a team maybe would wait until the off season, and then, right? And then there would maybe be a chance that either he doesn't get cleared to play again, or because if he signs with a team and then plays, then it, it, it's less confusing if they just wait till after March first right. to do it. Oh, right, right. I mean, they, they want to feel like they're actually going to be able to get the medical retirement so that his money will come off their cap. Because then, if 
he, he he's ruled medically ineligible to play. They waive him. He is cleared, signs with another team. Then they'll have the money goes back on their books. That's yeah, what that's about. If he signs right away with another team this year, right? Well, if he if he signs at all, if he plays, yeah. I think it, I think you have to play ten games with another team. This happened with Portland a number of years ago with uh, Darius Miles when they waived him and he was medically retired, and then he signed with the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah. Uh, anything else in this Bulls win over the Magic stick out to you? Jimmy Butler, good again as yeah. always. Twenty points, seven of fourteen from the field. He didn't do anything uh, wild and crazy there, but uh, another solid night from Jimmy. Also. The big news is this Dwayne, this Dwayne Wade stuff. Yeah. Early in the day, all the fun happens in shoot around. around. So, sorry we don't have more... Uh, Road shoot-arounds are the best, by the way. Sorry we don't have, I guess, more hot takes on the actual game that was played, but it's not going to be remembered in history in any way. I can no. guarantee you that. Um, but Dwayne Wade, as Sean referenced, did a little bit of headlines. I don't think it was shocking, but some good insight and perspective, saying the basically the... How the Bulls finish in these last couple months of the season uh, and whether they can get over their inconsistencies uh, and have a little bit more of a direction and plan, if they can do that, all of it affects his decision uh, on whether to opt in or out of his $23.8 million 2017-18 contract option, which he'll have to decide on late in June, right right before free agency starts. Yeah, and here's the quote. Uh, he said at shoot-around today, uh, I can't play this game forever. I just turned 35, and I have a number in my head of how long I want to play. At the end of the day, you want to be in a situation where it's a competitor situation, whatever the case may be. It's tough in this league as well because a lot also depends on how much money you're willing to make. It depends on what city you're willing to be in. So it's a lot of variables to that, but no question about it. What happens throughout this year as I go into my summer, I'll definitely take a look at it. I take my career seriously and where I am and where I want to be, and I'll do the same thing this summer. Wade also later clarified um, when he said earlier this year, I think maybe training camp or something, he wasn't ring chasing. Uh, he meant he wasn't going to go ring chasing for $2.4 million to play for the Cavs, which was the only available money they had, I believe, via an exception of some sort. Uh, Wade is still open in his career to going somewhere, maybe with some buddies from Banana Boat Crew, and playing for one more championship on a team in a better situation as long as at this point you know maybe they pay him eight or ten million or 15 million or 12 million like he's just he's just not at the point in his career yet he's still good enough he believes that there's no way on earth he's playing for two or three million dollars this is such a this is such a flex by the way this whole quote he was talking (laughs) about uh how he didn't he he didn't want to go to cleveland because they only had 2.4 million to to offer he says it ain't that bad for me now i do got three rings that's what i meant in the sense of when you're a veteran guy and you're older, some guys have taken those sacrifices. David West last year, he gave all his money back to go to San Antonio. It's something he wanted to do. He wanted to put himself in position to try to win a ring. I have three. I've been in five finals, so I don't need to do that. But it's a time where you can compete, too. It's just a fine line between what you really want. That's not what I want. That's such a humble brag. Yeah, I've been to the finals five times. Three titles. It's so uh, it's so on I, point. I, I like, love this so much. I mean, do you think this... I don't honestly... I, I read into all that, and I still think, well, if they trade Jimmy Butler, Dwayne Wade's gone. If they keep Jimmy Butler, I feel like Dwayne Wade's still coming back. Well, he doesn't have anywhere else to go. Like, what, like who? where's he going to... I mean, the, unless the Clippers... Let Blake Griffin walk. That's the only way they're going to have enough money to sign uh, 
him and keep Chris Paul. If he's going to go anywhere, it's going to be to play with some banana boat squad. Uh, yeah, people. I mean, the Cavs but, are so far into the luxury tax and that's operating just, above that. That's that, not really realistic either, unless they traded Kevin Love, which is obviously not really something that they should do or will do. Yeah, they can, I mean, they can trade matching contract or salaries still. I just don't know what... I don't think they want to give up any pieces for aging no. Dwayne Wade. No, and this um, is... I mean, my my thing is, I mean, when he came when he came here, uh, it's because of it because he's from Chicago. Yeah. But they also were able to get the money to make it work, and they were he and he you know he's talked about how he wanted to come home to Chicago. He wanted to be a presence in the community. Uh, where is he going to go? There, he's going to be able to make close to this kind of money and also be able to look, compete. Look, Dwayne Wade's very much at peace with himself right, right. now in his career positioning like if he's not going to live in Miami uh Chicago's where he wanted to live again he has very much very much enjoyed the role and felt good about the role he plays in the community a lot of anti-violence initiatives uh-huh. um reaching out to local high schools and such and he get it so long great with Jimmy Butler um and he can he can I mean he's <laughs> A lot of freedom to make his own decisions, whether it's on the court or whether I am or am not playing tonight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he he has he has enjoyed it for the most part, other than the fact that they're twenty three and twenty three. Right, and this kind of goes back to what he told ESPN a couple weeks ago, where he said that he doesn't want to rebuild and that he would probably think about leaving if they traded Jimmy Butler. And I understand. I mean, if you're Dwayne Wade, you don't want to play on a team with a bunch of nineteen year olds where you're going to probably win 23, 24 games the whole season. But if they keep Jimmy Butler, they're at least going to be competitive. Maybe maybe they aren't going to be a contender in the East, but you know if they get some decent pieces around them this summer, they're going to at least be kind of where they are now and at least competing and being in a playoff team, which I think at this point with what Dwayne Wade has already done in his career, I think he's kind of okay with, and he's going to get that $24 million. I think I would, if I had to guess whether he opts in or opts out at this point. This is, I don't have any inside information. You can't know what anybody's going to do until they actually do it. I would guess that he's going to opt in. Yeah, and I honestly don't think that Dwayne Wade has a great read right now either because he needs to see how... I mean, he's completely up in the air too, I think, right now. Uh, I think on February 24th, he'll have a better idea after the trade deadline passes. And, we'll uh, see if they see, trade Taj Gibson or they trade Robin Lopez or they trade you know, some of the other veterans and get future pieces. Yeah, and... Uh, I think I think they will look really hard at trading Taj. Again, I think we've talked about that on a few occasions. I mean, I'm sure they'll listen to offers, too, for Robin Lopez. Um, Taj is the one that I would guess. I think Taj and Rondo are both not going to be on the roster after the deadline. Taj they'll probably trade for if they can get a late first or something like we've talked about. And then Rondo, if they can't trade him, which I don't think they'll be able to, they'll just buy him out. So there's going to be two like two of the veterans, I think, are and, not going to be And trading team. Robin Lopez would basically just be a huge gesture of turning the future over to Chris Felicio. Yeah, certain. and my uh, colleague at The Athletic, Stefan No, has a good piece up today about kind of how what the free agent market might look like for Felicio, which we'll talk about as it gets closer, yeah. you should go check that out if you can. Yeah, restricted free agent market. If you, uh, I don't want to give away too much of it, you should definitely click on it, but he's got some good insight on how much money mm-hmm. uh, Felicio might be worth um, in a fair market, depending on all the other centers on the market there, and also um, if someone gets crazy with an offer, what could be coming. So we'll talk about that more down the line. Uh, as well, we'll have, what, podcasts from the United States? Tomorrow, Center? yeah. On Wednesday, probably night. take probably take Thursday off because uh, they don't. 
Yeah, Dwayne all-star Haskins. selections come. I don't think Dwayne Wade no. will get the Bulls voted in. The Bulls, ha- the Bulls one all-star has already been announced. I mean, maybe... maybe. Oh, you're reporting Dwayne Wade's not in the all-star game? Is that what no, you just reported live on Locked on Bulls? I don't have sources on that, but if he didn't get in as a starter, he's not going to get in as a reserve. There's too many other good guards that the coaches are going to pick. Okay, I also would agree with that, but you heard it here first from Sean Hyken. Dwayne <laughs> Wade, not elected to the all-star game, but he is going to go plan on going to All-Star That's what he said. That is what he said. Because he's all about that, and all his friends are there, and he's earned that right, and he's certainly a headlining figure uh, in the NBA still. So, uh, as always, follow Sean on Twitter, at Hyken, myself, at Cody Westerland, Locked on Bulls on Twitter and Facebook as well. Email at LockedOnBulls at gmail.com with any advertising inquiries, with any basketball questions. Um, I'm sure we'll take, later in the week, something like that, or after the game, we can take a few questions. Uh, from you guys. Always appreciate that. And most of all, please do subscribe to Locked on Bolts. That's right. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, TuneIn, Google Play, anywhere that you can find podcasts. Make sure you subscribe. Leave us a review, preferably a five-star review only. Tell your friends to subscribe. Check out the other podcasts in the Locked on Podcast Network. Locked on NBA, Locked on NFL, Locked on Fantasy Football, Locked on Fantasy Basketball, Locked on NFL Draft. All 30 NBA teams have their own podcasts. All 32 NFL teams have their own podcasts. So if you want to get ready for the Super Bowl in a couple weeks, check out Locked on Falcons and Locked on Patriots. If you want to get ready for the NFL draft, check on check out Locked on any of the other 30 NFL team podcasts. But either way, we'll be back with you guys tomorrow night after the game. Thanks for listening. Napa it takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17